Hello there. Come on in. Welcome to Here's Hoping, my imaginary coffee shop, where good conversations are always on the menu. I am your host and a barista, Catherine Gabriel-Jones, and I'm really glad you're here. This is a special time of year. It's a special time of year because we are at the nexus between winter and spring. That nexus happens in a lot of different places and a lot of different times in our lives, between seasons, between experiences, between relationships, and between ideas. Today is a special pearl of wisdom because it is shared with me by Fondi Words, who is a delightful person who reached out to me and we had an unexpected thread that connected us. She shares with me a special project with which she has been associated for years. It is a nonprofit called Peace of Thread. It's located in Georgia, and I am honored to share this pearl of wisdom with you. Today's episode is dedicated to Piece of Thread, its story, and all of the magic and wonder that it inspires in hope throughout the world. Here's hoping. Um, I discovered them at an arts festival that's every year on Memorial Day. And I've kind of been thinking that I needed to find some way to use my skills in a volunteer capacity. And I saw their booth and there were these beautiful handbags made out of this just gorgeous fabric. And so I had to feel the fabric. That's, you know, one of the things I have to do because I love to sew. And the opening line when you work the booth for Piece of Thread is, do you know the Piece of Thread story? And I said, no, I really don't. So then she said, well, all of these bags are made by refugee women. And I was like, I'm done. I'm done. This is it. <laughs> about sewing and it's about refugee women? Okay. They um, have a contract with the refugee woman to say, okay, this is what, what you'll need to do if you're going to work with us. So this takes some perseverance because they need to learn 25 different styles of handbags. Really? How to make them in exquisite detail. I mean, the techniques that they use, these bags sell for a lot of money. Yeah, they're so, beautiful. They so are beautiful. They have to be perfect. Yeah. We can't have any little pieces coming off or any little seams that aren't quite right or anything that's crooked. Everything has to be completely fine. They go home with when at the end of their training, which depending on their skill level when they start, may take four months or six months until they, you know, they meet the standard to be able to produce these things on their own at home, which is one of the most favorite things to me about it because it takes a long time to learn English well enough to be able to get a job. It just does. And especially if you've not really been to school very much. Yeah, that's such an important point. I'm so glad you include that. Yes, so um, the training is in English. Um, the woman who trained is an Iraqi who came here years ago and is now a citizen. 
And so she trains them in English and it's a small group. It's maybe two or three. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Then that's because of the space limitations. That's really all they can do. Yeah. So sometimes if one understands and can tell the other, they can help with the communication, but they expect them to be learning some English along the way. So they encourage them to come to classes like the one I teach. There are lots of classes and they don't train every day. Um, they train okay. two days a week. And at the end of their training, they're given a sewing machine, a table, a light, you know, basic tools to be able to sew and a little certificate that says they've completed and they take pictures and, you know, many of them don't want their pictures posted anywhere, but, you know, they get to have a picture yeah. and then they can sew at home and they don't need childcare. They don't need to drive a car. They don't need to speak English perfectly and they can sew whenever it fits into their schedule. It is so huge and so empowering. Yes. Oh, and part of their contract is they have to open a bank account of their very own. Oh, wow. I'm so glad you included that. And so when a bag sells, then the the person who made it, they have their name on it. So the person who buys it and have a tiny bio, you know, this person is from this country and they came, you know, with their husband and their child from whatever country because, you know, they were persecuted or they were in danger or, you know, whatever the reason. So when the bag sells, the proceeds are split between piece of thread in order for them to pay the, the fees they have to pay for arts festivals and transportation and, you know, all the expenses that they have buying a machine and, you know, the light and the table and all that stuff. So it's split with the woman. So the wage that they're making is $10 an hour. So they figured out how long each bag takes. So some take longer than others. And that money goes into the bank account and they have an ATM card. Wow. They've not ever had money that was their own. For the yeah. I mean, they, they come from countries where, you know, women are not so powerful and don't have a lot of, they, they just don't have a lot of freedom. They don't have a lot of possibilities for being able to maintain themselves or, you know, have any income. So they're able to supplement their family income in this way. Some are more motivated than others. Some have more time than others. Some have all school age children and they can sew while the children are at school. Some have babies, whatever they can do. Yeah. And the way the volunteers support them is by cutting the fabric for the bags. Oh. So when they get a bag to sew, it is already cut out. It's in a Ziploc bag that has everything they need inside the bag. Wow. The fabric is cut. If it has a magnetic snap, then that's in there. If it needs a strap, you know, if it's because we use belts sometimes or, you know, other things. If it's, if there's any little hardware that has to go on it, if there's any little decoration, because sometimes we use, we reuse people's costume jewelry parts, um, broken jewelry, we take broken jewelry and then, you know, we put a little special thing on the front of the bag. And so all of that is in the bag. So they come and bring their bags when they've sewed at home. They're, sometimes their husband brings them and each bag has to be inspected. Oh, wow. And if anything is wrong, then they say, all right, we need to fix this. Here's a sewing machine right here. And that they have a ripper at the ready. So they call, they don't call it the ripper. They call it your best friend. Oh, well, that's because a ripper is a sewer's best friend. It yes. really is. So they say, you know, let's take it out right now and we'll help you fix it. Oh, good. Yeah. 
So they have oh, to fix it to meet the standard and then it's accepted into the inventory and it goes to the next show. And we've just started training Ukrainian women. I was blessed with the opportunity to speak with Denise Smith, the founder and CEO of Piece of Thread. And she told me that there are three words that are the DNA of Piece of Thread. Those three words are empower, employ, and advocate. Empower, employ, and advocate. And that remained true and present during my conversation with Fondi. I was delighted and remarkably humbled by the stories that she told. One of the elements that kept coming back to me and I kept bringing up during my conversation with Fondi was that there were a number of women that she has worked with who had never been to school. And so I'd mentioned to Fondi that holding a pen is something that you need to learn. I remember when I injured my dominant hand, the hand that I write with, and and I had to relearn how to hold a pen. So that was prominent in my mind when I said to Fondi, imagine how differently one has to think about one's body when you hold a pen. So just try it. Pick up and hold a pen or a pencil or anything that is like a pen or pencil and think about how differently you hold your body, your hand, your mind, yourself when you hold a pen. Now, take that pen or pencil and hold it like a spoon, as if you're about to stir some food, or a whisk that you're about to whisk some eggs. Think about how differently your body moves through the air, just from how you hold a pen. Now, I gotta say, the bags at Pearl of Thread are truly remarkable. They are unique. They're durable. They are delightful. They're whimsical and they are tough. And I think about what Fondi had said. The women who work with Piece of Thread, how hard they work in their life. And then imagine, imagine being lifted up, being encouraged, being empowered. What is it about the word refugee? We seek refuge so often in our life from the hardships in the world. And piece of thread as a place where a person who society deems is a refugee, can become independent and empowered through the work of their own hands, the work of their own minds, 
the relationship that connects them with another person. So I'm lifting up piece of thread. I'm encouraging for all of my listeners to take a look at their website. Imagine the good that happens in the space between these two people. As Mr. Fred Rogers has said, anything that is human is mentionable. And anything that is mentionable can be more manageable. When we talk about our feelings, they become less overwhelming, less upsetting, less scary. And the people we trust with that important talk can help us know that we are not alone. Even as at Here's Hoping Conversations with Catherine, we have pearls of wisdom. There is that piece of thread that connects us. And on that piece of thread, a pearl of wisdom may rest and may be seen, shown, recognized as precious, and shared with another person. I'm glad I got to share this with you. Thank you so much for joining me today at my imaginary coffee shop. I'm your host, Catherine Gabriel-Jones. Whether this is your first visit to Here's Hoping or you're a regular, please consider sharing this episode with a friend so other people can find their way to Here's Hoping. And please share this episode about Piece of Thread so that other people may be encouraged that, you know what? We are not alone in this. There are others who are walking alongside us. If you're interested in having a conversation with me in my imaginary coffee shop, you can send me an email at hereshopingpodcast at gmail.com. That is the best way to reach me. You can always reach out on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or LinkedIn. But I'm not often on social media because, well, what a world, huh? So if you want to reach out to me, send me an email. I'll check social media now and then, I promise. <laughs> Music for Here's Hoping has been composed and produced by Reverend Dr. Seth Jones, Minister of Extraordinary Spiritual Experiences. Thank you, Seth. Original artwork for Here's Hoping has been created by Ty Sorax with additional graphics created with Canva. Today I would like to leave you with a quote by Denise Smith, founder and CEO of Piece of Thread. And I loved this so much when I was having a brief conversation with her. I asked her to repeat it so I could write down every single word. There's something about it that just feels so perfect, like chef kiss perfect. The struggle is a struggle because you know it's going to stop. And think about that. When we're struggling, we can feel alone. When we're with another person who's struggling with us, even if that struggle is a little different, we're not so alone. And then that struggle can sometimes turn into work. And when that work becomes embodied, when that work becomes supported, empowered, 
encouraging, enlivening, then that struggle can turn into good work. And sometimes with good work, we can make good trouble. Thank you so much for joining me today. May the road rise to meet you and never too fast. Until next time, take care of yourself. Bye-bye.